Jeff's, Jeff's on the mail. Greetings, everyone. Come in, sit down, do the hokey pokey, and your knees bend, knees bend. That's what it's all about, or something decidedly different or similar. Yes, take your shoes off, pull up a beanbag, grab a complimentary beverage, and sit in for what is, in fact, the 28th episode of Jeff Healy's Wonderland and the eighth instalment in this, our second season. I'm Jeff as you might have guessed by now, and I've got another 12 minutes or so, maybe longer, worth of musings and alternative thinking to share with you today, so buckle up. Now, those of you who've been listening to the show for a while will be familiar with our regular segments, and it just so happens that we are now about to rip open the childproof shrink wrapping and crack open the seal on the very first of them. Yes, it's theory time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory time. And welcome to theory time. The other night, I was remembering how, like many kids, I loved sweets or lollies, as we called them, when I was a kid. Now, like everybody, I have things that I like, things that I don't like, and things that I absolutely cannot stand and cannot understand why they even exist. On the other hand, I suppose there are things that do not exist which I believe should exist, or at least have as much right to exist as things that do exist that I think should not exist, if that makes any sense. Anyway, look, I'm going to cut right to it. In my opinion, orange and chocolate do not belong together in any foodstuff configuration, particularly sweets. Okay? Now, growing up in Australia, there were two kinds of opposing sweets. Both were ball-shaped, both about the same size, both created in the 1930s, and both still available today. But that's where the resemblance ends. One is the Malteser, chocolate-coloured because it's largely chocolate, while the other is the Jaffa, sort of orangey on the outside, mostly because it's sort of orangey flavoured on the inside, and it has some chocolate thrown in in a misguided attempt to taste interesting. Look, here's my problem with the Jaffa. If I want a sweet, a lolly, whether it be a gummy bear, a chup-chup, a jawbreaker, a piece of chocolate, a stick of licorice, or even a tic-tac or a piece of chewing gum, I do not expect or want it to contain anything or even a suggestion of anything that falls under the healthy foods category in any way, shape or form. As most of you will be aware, the orange is a fruit, and fruit is considered healthy. And if it were not so, my parents would not have been constantly pushing oranges, apples or bananas on me every time I said I was hungry. Not once in my entire childhood did my mum ever utter the phrase, Well, Jeffrey, if you're hungry, have a piece of hamburger slash pizza slash hot dog slash fried chicken. Look, sweets are not supposed to be healthy, and if I'm eating them, I do not wish to be reminded that I would be better off eating something else. And I certainly do not want them to contain anything with any nutritional value whatsoever. Now, somehow, the Jaffa tastes like the candy equivalent of your parents suddenly deciding to spend quality time with you at the nightclub while you're on a hot date. Look, it isn't that I'm opposed to fruit or even fruit flavour. I just think that certain food should not be allowed to contaminate other foods 
unless it's appropriate. Otherwise, it's a matter of time before we end up with lobster-flavoured milkshakes. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about fruit, though. Now, I don't know how many of you are aware of this, but there is growing evidence of a major fruit conspiracy, and it's been taking place for about the last 60 years or so. It began, as they all do, in small ways. Years ago, everybody's parents or grandparents bought what became commonly known as banana lounges. And then a famous singer by the name of Harry Belafonte had a big hit with the Banana Boat song. Now, all of this seemed quite harmless and irrelevant at the time, but looking back on it now, it was but a foreboding shadow, people, of things to come. Allow me to explain. Have you ever noticed how banana flavour always seems to sneak into bottles of fruit juice or smoothies, which, if you only read the front label give you no suggestion that there is any banana contained within. And the rule of thumb seems to be this. The more exotic and delicious the combination of fruit flavours seems to be, the more likely that banana is hiding in there somewhere. And when I say hiding, I mean there is nothing on the label. In big letters, at least, on the front about banana. But if you look at the fine print on the back, it's there. Unless you have vision good enough to actually read that fine print, people, the first clue you're going to have is the first slurp, which tastes alarmingly a lot more like banana than anything else. And there's another problem. The only thing that really tastes like banana is a banana. It does not successfully lend itself to the creation of a convincing banana essence. Banana flavouring, to me, tastes like... A slightly old banana, which should have been thrown out several days previous. Look, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but I think it is safe to assume that the way things are going, the flavour and the smell of banana, at least this essency off banana smell, will soon be everywhere in every beverage and in more than just the occasional dessert. And when you wake up one day and the streets are overrun with giant heavily armoured bananas outside your front door, don't come crying to me. But do remember that you heard it first here on The Wonderland. This is what I know. Theory time. And that was, of course, theory time. And now, speaking of tasty treats, The Wonderland Express has now pulled into Song of the Day station, where we can all get out and stretch our legs whilst listening to a track from my Love in a Suit album, which was recorded way back in 1999. This song is about a familiar part of the human condition, and it's called... Anything for love. If you could say Just what you feel Walking away Isn't the deal You're on your own That's what I see Looking at her Seeing through me She'll remember everything about you Then she'll act like she doesn't know you Why does that show you? The lyric is, I guess, not what you'd call that linear. It's another one of those songs which is almost like a stream of consciousness type thing. 
And again, it's no, one of those songs that I like people to read their own interpretation into. You're on your own. That's what I see. Looking at her. Seeing through me Waited for so long To find her You'd give everything You are to walk beside her Beside her chuckle out of this part because it's like a solo that isn't a solo like there's no solo but this is where it would have gone but somehow it works anyway I kind of like it anyway if you like that song you can hear the rest of it on Spotify or iTunes or Google or Amazon or Deezer or even YouTube all the songs are on YouTube um, I forget to mention YouTube sometimes because it's not your traditional music streaming service, although it sort of is now, isn't it? And while you're on YouTube, you can check out the music videos that I've made. There are a few of them there offhand. I don't remember how many, but uh, there are a few, and uh, there will be more music videos being added in the months and years ahead. So pop on over to YouTube and check them out. Now, I would like to state categorically here and now that I am not a patient person. But apparently I give people the impression that I'm a patient person. And to those people, I would like to say that, look, rather than actually being skilled at the art of patience, I'm actually very skilled at the art of hiding the fact that I have no patience. Much like the person who undergoes some kind of painful procedure and successfully pretends that it doesn't hurt at all. Uh, except that person would never be me. And speaking of painful procedures, it's now time for... Chef's Thought of the Day. I was thinking about something, I think it was the thought of the day. I think, I think it was the thought of the and day. welcome to Thought of the Day, which today touches on the subject of dental care. It is my contention that the recommended two minutes I spend twice a day cleaning my teeth are without any doubt the longest and most boring two minutes I spend doing anything. Or four minutes, really, if you add them up. Every night before I go to bed, I briefly contemplate skipping the teeth cleaning thing completely and just hitting the sack. Mostly because I can't be asked. But you know, I never do. And when I say never, I mean almost never. Because I am very much aware that teeth and gums have a habit of decaying quietly behind your back while you're not looking. I mean, not that your teeth would ever actually be behind your back, unless they were false teeth and in a glass. And in any case, it's probably also unreasonable to expect them to make any kind of noise whilst decaying. But look, I digress. The fact remains, Wonderlanders, that cleaning one's teeth is possibly the most tedious but necessary activity known to man or woman. And so, in true Wonderland style, 
I did the math on just how much time we spend in our lifetime on average cleaning our teeth. Well, it's about two months in total. And that's not counting the time it takes to floss, so you could probably add another week or so. So if it were possible, and it absolutely is not, and one could just get the whole experience out of the way in one fell swoop by doing nothing for two months except cleaning your teeth, in return for never having to clean them again, would that be an attractive proposition for anyone? Hmm, probably not. Yeah, but we can dream. But anyway, look, they say that nothing truly worthwhile is easy. So yes, this is clearly why God gave us dental floss and toothbrushes and toothpaste and water picks. And as with most of the other really annoying things in life, we're stuck with it. And that was thought of the day, folks. But you know, some thoughts just won't quit. And there's something else that's been bugging me about the whole subject of teeth and dentistry, and it's got nothing to do with keeping them clean either. At least not directly. It is also one of the great mysteries of our time. So, in an effort to clear this up, I'm now presenting to you another episode of our occasional segment, Take It From Me. Oh, so life's got you wondering How you gonna take it Well, you can take it from me Yeah, you can take it from me And welcome one and all to Take It From Me. Okay, I want you to consider the concept of medicine as a whole for a minute and the way in which doctors, that is general practitioners, are pretty much there to keep an eye on the health of the entire human body. You know, the arms, the legs, the brain, the ears, the torso, the eyes, the nose, the lips, the tongue, the feet, the toes, the fingers, the skin and everything inside our bodies. Pretty much all the bits and pieces except for the teeth. Well, I hear you say, that's why we have dentists. Of course it is. But you see, that's my point. At what stage in history did the powers that be decide that expecting doctors to look after the teeth as well as the rest was just not going to happen? That it was going to be necessary to have another mainstream industry, i.e. dentistry, to concentrate exclusively on the well-being of our choppers? Like... You know, did Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, wake up one day and say something like, well, we'll have doctors take care of the entire human body as long as they don't have to deal with those hard things inside the mouth that everybody chews with. Now look, I do also realise that we have neurosurgeons, osteopaths, ophthalmologists, ear, nose and throat specialists, gynaecologists, chiropractors, dermatologists and so on and so on for those times when other various parts of the body really start playing funny buggers. But the only two medical professionals generally considered to be absolutely necessary in the everyday lives of all men, women and children on this planet are the doctor and the dentist. How do we know this? Because of the existence of four words, folks. The regular checkup. And so there must have been some point way back where someone decided that the teeth were in a completely different category to every other part of the body in that, well, in terms of everything and for no logical reason. And I reckon that someone was very likely the founder of what we know today as the health insurance industry. Because most standard health insurance arrangements don't cover you for dental work, do they? It's as if, to the health insurance business, 
that the teeth are not standard to our bodies, but are more like an optional extra. Does that make any sense? No, none whatsoever. In fact, it makes as much sense as having to buy comprehensive car insurance and then having to buy an extra policy to cover the engine. Now, will legislators ever have the balls to change this? Well, I for one am not going to hold my breath, but I am definitely going to keep cleaning my teeth. Well, you can take it from me. Yes, that's Take It From Me, and that's it for our 28th episode. I hope you've enjoyed the show, folks. Please hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And as always, feel free to drop me a line at jeffswonderland at yahoo.com or my website, which is www.jeffhealy.com. So everyone, have a fabulous week. Take care of yourselves. Don't do anything I wouldn't do or anything you can't get away with. And I'll see you back here next Friday for another consciousness-altering experience in my wonderland. Gotta get back to Jeff's wonderland. Gotta come back to the